0: You are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we attract and create healthy relationships by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's have some fun together. Hello and welcome. Kristen Brown here. I want to talk to you guys today about a question that recently crossed my desk. And that question is, how do I recover from a relationship with a narcissist? I figured this was a great topic to share with you guys because a lot of people that follow my work that are listening to this podcast are people pleasers and doormats and super lover nurturing types, uber givers, and we are often the kind that will attract a narcissist which means that at some point we're probably going to have to recover from being in a relationship with our narcissist. So whether you are in a relationship with a narcissist now, you have been in one in the past, or you have recently exited a relationship with a narcissist, take a listen to this episode because I think it's going to give you lots of good insight. And even if you have moved in from your narcissist, I find so much power in validation. When somebody else understands, has experienced a same or similar situation as mine, and we get to talk about it and compare notes and share feelings and emotions that, that arose, that makes me feel very validated and like I'm not, quote, crazy. Well, as a lot of you know, that narcissists, that's like their primary game, is to make us feel crazy they're trying to knock us off of our steadiness so that they can get their way in the relationship so before I go further with that I want to just real quickly talk about the definition of a narcissist now I did go online and do some research because I have my own definition but as most of you know I'm a real stickler for definitions because they put everybody on the same page from go because what I've noticed happens in the world is that when terms are used over and over and over again, they get watered down and their meanings can tend to change. So I've noticed that recently in the world, the term narcissist is being thrown around like crazy. And I have to often ask people, well, let me hear your definition of what a narcissist is, because I wanna know if they're truly dealing with a narcissistic personality or if it's just someone that is a little manipulative, or is a little bit selfish, or can be an asshole from time to time, people want to throw that term down on everybody. But I will tell you guys, there is something about a narcissist that is very, very different from any other typical a-hole we might be dealing with in our life. There, it is some crazy making behavior. And even someone who is extremely logical and centered can get sucked into this because, they're just good at what they do. Let me just put it that way. So briefly, I'm going to just run through a list of what the traits are of a narcissist. Now, people like to think that narcissists are just selfish. And I want to tell you that selfishness is just one trait of narcissism. It's not the full embodiment of narcissism. So I want you to be careful with just throwing down this label on any old person that runs across your path. You know, be careful to to really to dig into and pay attention to and, you know, kind of research a little bit about what you're seeing in your person rather than just trying to throw a label on them that can lead to lots of confusion and dysfunction in and of itself. But moving forward, if you indeed are dealing with a narcissist, you will know when I read you off this list because there's, there's some traits in there that you're just like, Oh my gosh, yes, that's it. That's it. I'm also going to tell you that it's really funny that when I wrote down this list, I was like, it looks so benign on paper. It doesn't look anything near what it feels like in real life. To be honest with you guys, out of all my relationships that I've had and dealing with lots of crappy behavior from men, I can honestly say that I probably only dealt with one true narcissist. Yes, there were selfish men, cheaters, addictions, there was all kinds of things going on. But man, that narcissist stands out like a sore thumb. All right, so let's get started. The first definition is, or one of the symptoms of narcissism, or also called NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, is they live in a fantasy world that supports delusions of grandeur, which means they like to see themselves as higher and bigger and better, and they live in this world that they've constructed around themselves to try to make themselves feel like they are grander than other people Uh, they said it says a grandiose sense of self-importance they believe that they're really the most important person in the room I mean they do (laughs) I was gonna say have a hard time honestly I don't think it is have a hard time I rarely see a narcissist even considering putting somebody else first they need constant praise and attention oh hell to the yes they want to be the center they want you to be holding them up which is one of the reasons why People pleasers and givers are candy for narcissists because we're naturally praising and lifting up and supporting, so that's exactly what they want. They exploit, they use other people without guilt or shame. Oh yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't even need to explain that one. No one should question their motives or behaviors. Amen. If you question them, they will turn on you like a snake. They will gaslight you, they will try to make it your fault, and they will make you wrong. They're frequently demean, bully, or intimidate. Again, they want to control you. They absolutely want to control you. So they're going to do whatever means it takes to control you. And here's a strange one, but oh so true, is they're easily hurt and they respond to criticism with shame, anger, and humiliation. What the core of a narcissist is a lack of self-worth. It is a huge insecurity and their narcissistic behavior has come about from a way of trying to actually feel better, believe it or not. So yeah, they're going to feel a lot of shame and they're, they're super sensitive. They're going to feel a lot of hurt and shame and humiliation if we point out anything at all that they potentially did wrong. And the last one is they locate people to help better their position which means they're always kind of on the lookout for someone or something better, which is why a lot of narcissists are cheaters, because they need the attention, number one. And if the relationship starts to go down the tubes because you're calling them out on their behavior, well, they're going to go find somebody else to fill them up. But also, oh, this, this person is more rich. This person has a bigger house. This person's better looking. This person looks better on paper. I mean, they will... They will pass up people that are in their life that they have uh, formed relationships with to get into a new relationship, whether it's platonic or romantic, with somebody that they believe can better their position. Now that I've gotten the definition out for you guys, I'm sure some of you are just like rolling around on the ground going, yes, that's exactly right. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. Let me tell you guys, I have never experienced anything like I experienced a relationship with a narcissist. I mean, it is the epitome of toxic because I got sucked in. To me, you mention something to somebody that is not going well, and they should be able to go, you know, my bad, or they might get a little defensive. But at some point, you know, a normal, average, healthy person will see see the error of their ways and try to change it. And because they care about you, but a narcissist, it's just crazy. They will do whatever it takes to hold their position, to hold their line, and to prove that you are wrong and they are not wrong. Not only that, it can get physical too. So no more definitions about what a narcissist is. You guys know, and that is why you're listening to this episode. So I'm going to jump into the four steps we can take to heal after a a relationship with a narcissist. Now, this can also be true if you're in a relationship with a narcissist because knowing these things can help us at any stage of the game with a narcissist. Now, the first one is is understanding how you got into the relationship with the narcissist to begin with. Like I mentioned a little earlier, you are a giver and a narcissist is a taker. You are a people pleaser, you have a soft heart, and narcissists suck that up because they are selfish manipulators and they're more cold-hearted. So they want somebody that is naturally going to pet them and support them and nurture them and make them feel good and cheerleader them. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like a key to a lock. Your giving is a perfect fit for their taking. So it's important that we understand what it is that we contributed to the relationship, why we attracted a narcissist. The second thing is to move forward in healing with a narcissist is to understand why you're a people pleaser. So why is it that people become people pleasers? And there's only one reason. It's because a level of unworthiness inside of us that is continually seeking outside of ourselves to fill the void in our heart. We want to feel better about ourselves, so we look to other people for love, attention, and approval. So we give, 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 and please, 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 and compromise our sacred self all over the place because we believe if they're happy, then we are okay slash worthy. Okay, well, they're happy, so I must be a good person. I must be doing something right. Now remember... A narcissist will smell this like a shark can smell blood in the water. Some sharks can smell it from miles away. Just recently learned that on Naked and Afraid. Well, they can smell this people pleaser, super nice guy, over the top, uh, compromising sacred self person that you are from a mile away. They're like, yes, the key to my lock. So understanding why we're people pleasers, knowing that we have a level of unworthiness and need to seek outside of ourself to get our worthiness cup filled. Now, the third step to take is to heal from the inside out. I'll tell you this, you guys, self-worth and self-love is narcissist repellent. Self-worth and self-love is narcissist repellent. Somebody who is empowered is not even attractive to a narcissist. Now, I'm not talking about looks. I'm talking about energetically because that doesn't feel good to them. There's nothing that feels right about that to a narcissist because deep inside, consciously or unconsciously, they know that they're not going to be able to boss this person around or manipulate them. So when we have an empty worthiness cup and we are constantly seeking outside of ourselves for love, approval, and attention, when we start to fill that own cup ourselves by learning to love ourselves and filling our own worthiness cup, we begin to heal. Now here's why. Because number one, the narcissist will not be attracted to that in the first place. So you, you fix that part of the journey. Number two, if you are in a relationship with one right now, you are going to start to organically change. The entire lens that you see your life through and other people's behavior through absolutely 100% changes when you heal your self-worth. Now, if you're recovering from a relationship with a narcissist, this is going to help you to move forward. Because even though our relationship with our narcissist was toxic and extremely difficult to be around, many times when people exit relationships with narcissists, they miss them. They're like, you know, I know I don't want to be with them or I need to move on with them, but I I still miss them. Well, narcissists aren't all bad. I mean, let's face it, they are children of God and they do have a soul. And sometimes they have extremely attractive personalities. My narcissist that I dealt with was very, very charming, very funny, and very smart and a great storyteller. Easy person to be around, right? I mean, I literally had thought thought I won the lottery when I met him. But as time went on, it revealed that none of that stuff really mattered that what was happening underneath his skin, in his mind, and in the way he responded in life really told the story about who he was. Personally, for me, I did not miss my narcissist. I was so over it that it was like, goodbye, good riddance, see you later. I did take about three weeks to mourn the dream of the relationship, like the dream of where Our relationship was going to head, which was, you know, basically ride off into the sunset, married forever and die happily in each other's arms. Well, I had to mourn that dream because it was not going to happen. But the reason why we stay stuck when we have ended the relationship with a narcissist, if we are staying stuck, is because we're still asking questions like, why don't they love me? Why didn't they want to change for me? Why don't they appreciate me? Why didn't they value me? I did everything for them. So we can't quite wrap our heads around the fact that we were this amazing stellar human being that anybody should be happy to have and they weren't. So it takes, a, it, it really messes with our heads because, wait a minute, I'm a really great person, but I wasn't good enough for you. Do you see what I'm saying, you guys? When, but when we heal our self-worth, we don't even ask that question. Again, the lens that we see them through shifts, it changes, it's clear, it's I'm awesome, you're a little bit of a mess. And if you can't appreciate me, I understand that's because it's the lens that you are seeing the world through, but it does not in any way, shape, or form diminish my worth. Do you see the shift in the way that you are going to view the exit of a narcissist not being in your life anymore? There's a huge difference between how we see things from a full worthiness cup and from a empty worthiness cup now the fourth step to recovering from a relationship with a narcissist is to plain and simply do the work until you do the work you will be stuck in some sort of toxic tie with this person even if you are not in a physical relationship with them at that time. Not only that, you are still vibrating at the same level of energy that you were when you attracted this narcissist to you. Unworthiness, the level of vibration of unworthiness, is equal to the level of vibration of a narcissist. So, unless or until You heal your unworthiness and do the work and learn how to love, respect, and honor yourself. You will not raise your vibration and you will continually attract similar type relationships. And if you would like to cut your learning curve probably down by three quarters, I have designed a six-week course called Mastery of Self-Love. Heal Your Self-Worth to Attract a Healthy Partner and Be Valued in Your Relationship. This course is the identical method I used to heal my self-worth so that I could enjoy the amazing and connected relationship I have today. If you would like further information about that, you can email me at Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at SweetEmpowerment.com. Just put mastery of self-love course in the subject line. I think I pretty much covered it, so I'm going to wrap this up for you guys right now. I want to thank you so much for listening. I really, truly hope that you got a lot from this today and that it resonated with you. And please feel free to send me a note at kristen@sweetempowerment.com at sweetempowerment.com. If you have any questions or comments or validations or anything that you would like to share with me, I would certainly love to hear from you. And until next time, everybody, remember you matter. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to subscribe and share. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, you can give a big thanks by leaving a five-star rating and review. If you'd like some private one-on-one coaching with me, visit SweetEmpowerment.com, click the Work With Me tab, and follow the prompts. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now go love yourself.